This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Fox News Podcasts presents... The Brett Bear Podcast with Fox News Chief Political Anchor Brett Bear. Mr. Director, thanks for the time. We're here in the Strategic Information Operations Center at the FBI headquarters. Uh, we appreciate you talking to us. Absolutely. Happy to talk with you, Brett. You know, polls show that the FBI's reputation is at a real record low. What do you make of that? Well, look, there are all sorts of opinions out there about the FBI, just like there are about every major institution these days. I can tell you that we're focused on the opinions of the people we actually do the work for and the people we do the work with. So I look, for example, at police chiefs and sheriffs who I talk with constantly from all 50 states who work closely with us every day, uh, with judges who I talk to all the time, coast to coast, all of whom see our work up close with business leaders who, who turn to us for help with cyber attacks, with Chinese economic espionage, with victims and their families who we protect from uh, violent gangs and predators. I could go on and on, but the FBI that they tell me about consistently, really even resoundingly, is the same FBI that I see, which is an FBI that is respected, that is trusted, that is appreciated, that's there for them when they need it the most, uh, and that they describe to me as better than ever. And I look at things like, for example, our recruiting. The thousands and thousands of Americans all across this country who are signing up in droves to come work for the FBI. Uh, and we're, I should tell you, Brett, on that front, a lot of people don't know this, that number has gone up dramatically over the last few years since I've been in this That's seat. really interesting. And that's at a time when recruiting for law enforcement, uh, as you may know, in general, in law enforcement has struggled quite a bit. So you're talking about young men and women in their late 20s, early 30s, a lot of them with military and law enforcement backgrounds, yeah. about 50% of them with advanced degrees, no less, who are, have a lot of choices in this job market, and their choice to come to us, I think, speaks pretty darn loudly and profoundly about our reputation all across America. Well, let me just go into some of it. Your critics say that some of these low ratings are thanks in part to the Russia collusion investigation. Uh, conservatives call the FBI's disinformation campaign about Hunter Biden's laptop uh, or what they see as a dual system of justice. We can go down into each one of those, but broadly, how do you address that? You know, I hear these claims of politicization, and as I said, there are all sorts of opinions out there by all sorts of people, but I can tell you that the FBI is and is going to stay independent, and that means following the facts wherever they lead, no matter who likes it. And I add that last part because what I have found in today's world is that far too many people use as their standard for whether they think something was fair or objective, whether it's an FBI investigation, whether it's a Supreme Court decision, or even an election, is whether they like the result, whether their side won or lost. But that's, 
That's not how independence and objectivity work. We are not on either side. The FBI is on the American people's side, on the Constitution side. Well, let's start with the laptop. The FBI has had access to this laptop for more than three years. Why is this investigation on the Hunter Biden laptops taking so long? Well, the investigation is being led, as you may know, by a U.S. attorney appointed in the last administration out of Delaware, and the FBI is actively supporting and working with that U.S. attorney on that investigation. So I really yeah, can't. Yeah, you can't talk about that. But the whistleblowers are telling these lawmakers that there was an internal effort to shut down the investigation from the beginning. Have you found that? I have not found anything like that. Uh, All right. So let's talk about the FBI and what you told Big Tech, or some agents did, about the authenticity and providence of Hunter Biden's laptop. There are these Twitter files that have come out where um, it kind of goes into some of that, and some of the Big Tech people have talked about the fact that it was talked about as disinformation. What about that from an FBI perspective? So I'm glad you asked that question, because there seems to me to be an awful lot of confusion and important context missing out there about the way in which the FBI does and does not work with social media companies. So the FBI, as a law enforcement and intelligence agency, is responsible for working with social media companies to combat all sorts of threats, child pornography, terrorists, and foreign intelligence services think the Chinese, the Russians, the Iranians conducting influence operations targeting the U.S. And when we do that work, when we engage with social media companies, if we come across information that a particular hostile foreign intelligence service is using an American social media platform to conduct their operations, we have a, a responsibility to say something, to tell those companies what we've seen so that, and this is important, so that those companies can independently, independently make their own decisions about what steps, if any, they want to take on their platforms for their customers. Yeah, but we these do guys not are talking about they, they get a heads up that there's this big thing that's going to come out and deals with Hunter Biden, and be careful because it could be Russian disinformation. So we don't. I think a lot of people don't quite understand this. We don't, when we do that work, focus on the content. What we focus on are the foreign actors. So in this case, you know, a foreign intelligence service. But this case we're not, was not a we're foreign not, actor, right? The FBI does not, the FBI does not, is not in the business of functioning as the truth police. Understood. So we don't tell social media companies to censor anything well, or remove Well, the Twitter file suggests something different. I mean, there was an FBI request numerous times. Um, Taibbi puts it out, FBI San Francisco requests to ban certain accounts. Uh, Twitter personnel in this case went on to look for reasons to suspend all four accounts that the FBI wanted to ban or, or suspend. Um, was, is it appropriate to flag social media accounts for, on Twitter or elsewhere due to politics or uh, government policies when it comes to COVID? Uh, is it appropriate in any way? You're saying it doesn't happen, but there's evidence that it had. We don't tell social media companies to ban accounts. But you suggest. Well, what we do is tell social media companies about information that we have about foreign disinformation campaigns by foreign actors, by foreign intelligence services. And those companies then make decisions about what, if anything, they want to do about it. Okay, last thing about the Hunter Biden laptop. You, you had to make a decision eventually about the authenticity of that internally. I know the investigation is being held happened under in Delaware, but there was concern about the authenticity. And even Vice President Biden on the debate stage 
referenced this letter from former uh, Intel officials saying it was Russian disinformation, looked like Russian disinformation. But it turns out it wasn't. So, you know, that has an effect, doesn't it? I, I can't speak to what former uh, officials of the intelligence community may or may not have said. I can only speak to what we do. And unfortunately, as you would expect, if we're going to do this investigation in the right way, that means I can't talk about the specifics of that investigation other than to assure everyone that I expect our people to tackle this investigation the way that I expect them to tackle every investigation, which is to follow the facts wherever they lead, no matter who likes it. Okay, and there's so always somebody about, who doesn't like it. Let's talk about the dual system that conservatives point to, the documents investigation for former President Trump and the raid that happens in Mar-a-Lago. Uh, that show of force in that way, uh, as opposed to the documents investigation for President Biden and how that went down. You find out about those documents before the November election. Uh, the FBI then does the search of the House after that, but does not say anything prior to the midterm election. So those two things are sticking people's minds as different, handled differently. How do you explain that? So we have a long history of handling investigations into the mishandling of classified information. And our standard for approaching those investigations is the same, no matter who it is. Our basic approach is the same. Now that approach means that we typically start with the least intrusive means to try to retrieve the improperly stored classified information. But if those less intrusive means don't work, and certainly if they're frustrated in some way, then we adapt and turn to other legal tools that we've been entrusted with. Uh, and that is our approach, and that will stay our Are approach. Are you at the table for that decision of how it looks to go after a former president like the way that it happened in Mar-a-Lago? Well, I oversee the FBI. I expect any significant investigation to be conducted by the book. Uh, and I do that with adherence to our rules, our policies, our practices. As I said before, I recognize that in any number of investigations we have, there may be people who react negatively to what they see, but I can't be worried about who's going to be happy or unhappy about any of our investigations. That's what protecting the American people and upholding the Constitution without fear or favor means. It can't be finger to the wind, who am I going to tick off or who am I going to please with what we do? Why and that's what I expect our people yeah. to approach their investigations. Why didn't with that we know mindset. anything about the FBI looking into President Biden prior to the election? Well, again, I can't talk about specific investigations okay. that are ongoing, both of which are being led by special counsel, other than to say it is not our normal practice to discuss publicly specific investigations. And so that's what doing these things by the book includes. All right, so let's talk about by the book. Mark Houck, Pennsylvania pro-life activist, arrested at his home in front of his family for an alleged violation of the Freedom of Access of Clinics Act, alleged incident which he was protesting in front of an abortion clinic. He was recently acquitted of all charges at trial. The show of force for that arrest um, a lot of people said looked like what it looked like for a cartel boss who was holed up. That decision to use that force, was that by the book? Those decisions are made as they should be by the commanders on the ground in the field office who have the expertise about when to conduct operations safely and securely for the safety of everybody involved, not just 
their own safety and the safety of the subject who's being arrested, but anybody else who's around. Uh, and to my knowledge, those processes were all followed in this case. Yeah, I mean, historically, FBI protocol is that a defendant has, if it has no criminal history, is not believed to be violent or pose a threat to public safety, that he or she is permitted to self-surrender rather than subject um, dynamic execution of an arrest warrant. And here's what I'm talking about is the dual system. You know, there's that for a pro-life activist, but not that for a Black Lives Matter protester who maybe torches a federal building um, over the summer. So that disparity, that dichotomy, is what sticks in people's mind if you listen to them. I understand that people have their opinions. Uh, all I can tell you is that we have one standard, one standard, uh, which is irrespective of ideology, of politics. In this country, it doesn't matter what you're upset about or who you're upset with, you don't get to express that upset with violence. And so we are agnostic as the ideology and focused on the violence. And I will say, as to your description of FBI protocol, it is not unheard of for the FBI, for example, to use, uh, uh, you know, tactical uh, agents, for example, uh, which is not what happened in Pennsylvania, by the way, um, for even a white-collar arrest. There are situations where white-collar arrests have resulted uh, in shootings. So there's a whole lot of things that goes into the judgment about what is the way to conduct uh, arrests safely and securely that are made, I think, appropriately by the career agents on the ground who have the closest visibility to the circumstances. Mm -hmm. And the FBI has a long history of conducting those operations with a far better track record of safety than a lot of other agencies, precisely because those people take it so seriously and so meticulously. All right, we're going to take a quick pause here. We'll be back after this. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Will you be meeting the subpoena request for the House Judiciary Committee for these documents about the investigation into parents and school boards? We're going to work collaboratively with the Congress, uh, this Headlines Congress, tomorrow. just like we have just like we have with, with the Congress before it and the Congress before that. Uh, we're going to try to be as transparent as we can be, but we're also going to be mindful of our own obligations, legal and policy that we have. And when that letter came down from the National uh, School Boards Association, and then you receive a letter from the AG uh, referencing the classification of heinous actions could be equivalent to a form of domestic terrorism and hate crimes, talking about parents at school board meetings, um, What's your thought about that? Well, look, what I will tell you is what I told the executive management of all of our field offices across the country when I first read that memorandum, which is the FBI is not now, nor will it ever be in the business of policing speech at school board meetings or anywhere else. Now, when it comes to violence, threats of violence, we're going to do like we always have, work with our state and local law enforcement partners to deal with violence, but we are not in the business of policing speech by parents, at school board meetings, or anywhere else. When we sat down about two years ago, I asked you about China and investigations, and here's what you said. You said at the time there were over 2,000 open investigations that involved the Chinese government. That shocked me then. Has that number increased? 
Well, the number's certainly in that range. Uh, I would think it probably has increased, but I can't quote you the actual number off. It's, it certainly hasn't gone down, uh, I can assure you that. The FBI's part of that investigation into the Chinese uh, spy balloon, Chinese spy balloon that flew across the U.S. before being shot down off South Carolina. There was a number, a number of materials recovered. How much have you recovered? What have you learned? Can you talk about that? So the recovery operations uh, related to the balloon that was shot down off the Carolina coast, those, the recovery operations have been concluded. Uh, our technical folks, uh, our lab folks, our counterintelligence folks who specialize in Chinese spying uh, are working hand in hand with our military and other government partners to analyze all the debris and that work uh, is ongoing. Um, and I don't have a whole lot to add to what the Pentagon and the NSC have said uh, about the links between the balloon and the Chinese government right now, other than to just make the point that I've been trying to make really since my first few months as FBI director, which is about the threat of the Chinese uh, state's surveillance efforts and spying efforts, uh, which are very broad. And this balloon thing is just one piece of a much broader threat. I asked you also back then about the investigation to COVID origins. Now there's this Department of Energy study uh, that says it's likely uh, to have come from a lab leak, although the confidence is low. It cites the FBI. What is the determination by the FBI? So uh, as you note, Brett, uh, the FBI has for quite some time now assessed that the origins of the pandemic are most likely a potential lab incident in Wuhan. Let me step back for a second. You know, the FBI has folks, agents, professionals, analysts, virologists, microbiologists, et cetera, who focus specifically on the dangers of biological threats, which include things like novel viruses like COVID, uh, and the concerns that, that in the wrong hands, some bad guys, a hostile nation state, a terrorist, a criminal, uh, the threats that those could pose. So here you're talking about a potential leak from a Chinese government controlled lab that killed millions of Americans. And that's precisely what that capability uh, was designed for. I should add that, uh, that our work related to this continues. And there are not a whole lot of details I can share that aren't, aren't classified. I will just make the observation that the Chinese government seems to me has been doing its best to try to thwart and obfuscate uh, the work here, the work that we're doing, the work that our U.S. government and, and close foreign partners are doing, um, and that's unfortunate for everybody. A couple more questions. One is on immigration. Do you believe the cartels should be designated as terrorist organizations? Well, I do believe that the cartels represent a significant threat, and we have hundreds, the FBI has hundreds of investigations that go into cartel leadership. And I'm interested in, in all appropriate legal tools that will help us go after them. We are going after them. Obviously, we're not responsible for the physical security at the border, but we recognize that the threats emanating from the border are serious. Uh, and we're determined to do our part as a team effort to combat those threats. And so, like I mentioned, we've got hundreds of investigations into cartel leadership. We have uh, field offices all across the border that have made you know, hundreds of arrests just last year. I mean, I'll just give you one example. Uh, you know, our Albuquerque division, our New Mexico division, in one seizure last fall, 
seized a million fentanyl pills, as if that weren't enough, loads of methamphetamine, something like $2 million in cash, lots and lots of guns, ballistic vests, hand grenades. Those million pills, think about that for a second. If just 1%, 1% of those pills contained a lethal dose, we're talking about thousands of American lives that our folks and our partners saved that day. And that's just one FBI field office in one seizure in one day. We're doing scores of those investigations. So it's a significant threat, and we're determined to do our part. I mean, that's amazing. And today, we had this really emotional testimony from a mother who lost two of her sons from a fentanyl pill, both of the sons. Uh, and she was at House Homeland Security, and she said that she believes that this is a war and that if China was on our border and pushing this stuff over, uh, that we would be more engaged as a, um, as a country. You know, you look back to anthrax after 9-11 and there was this national law enforcement push uh, after we saw the anthrax instance. Do you think there's that much push? And just what you just said about the fentanyl killing tens of thousands, and should there be more? Well, I think the, the epidemic that uh, is represented by the fentanyl, which is coming into this country largely from Mexican criminal organizations with typically produced with Chinese precursors, uh, it has hit sort of epidemic proportions. Uh, and we, I can tell you, we at the FBI are fully engaged with our partners, not just here in the U.S. across the, the southwest border, but we're also doing things with our foreign partners to try to pursue the bad guys down there, hopefully to get them behind bars before they even get to our border. Uh, so we're trying to do everything we can to help, but uh, make no mistake, this is a threat that's not just across the border. That fentanyl is hitting streets all over the United States, and we've got enterprise investigations into cartel leadership, into transnational gangs and other criminal organizations all over the United States, and we're focused on trying to dismantle wherever we can, dismantle those organizations. I just have a couple of Twitter questions. I know I'm running over, but uh, I wanted to get a couple of viewers in here. Ford Fisher tweets, what I'd really like to ask the FBI director, on January 5th, 2021, a still unidentified person planted pipe bombs at the DNC and RNC, which diverted law enforcement um, attention and resources on January 6th. With hundreds of other January 6th defendants arrested over two years, how has the bomber still not been caught? Does the FBI director feel confidently that they will come someday be brought to justice? Well, I will say that I have enormous confidence in the team, the dedicated team that is focused exclusively on that investigation. And we have uh, devoted loads and loads of effort into that specific investigation. We've done investigative publicity, calling for the public's help. And so our folks are working very, very hard on that investigation. And those folks, those FBI agents, analysts, and professional staff, I have total confidence in them. And the other Twitter question we get a lot is did the FBI have undercover agents or paid informants or assets among the mob that stormed the Capitol on January 6th? Well, as I'm sure you can appreciate, Brett, I can't really appropriately talk about when, where, and how we use confidential informants. Uh, it's the very nature of, of that work. And this guy, Ray Epps, who keeps coming up, seen encouraging people to go I storm the Capitol? Nothing, nothing I can say on that. Is it classified? Well, we have information that is uh, about any number of topics that is law enforcement sensitive. 
but you should not read into my um, inability to answer a question because of my obligations as that is a clue or a hint in any way about how accurate your reader's um, tweet is. Last thing, the Durham investigation eventually is going to come out here and have lay out the Russian collusion investigation. Um, do you think the FBI served the country well in the Russia collusion investigation and the Durham investigation that followed? I think uh, that when it comes to the Durham investigation, I'm going to let Mr. Durham speak for his investigation, but I will uh, remind the American people, and I think you and I talked about this when we spoke before, Brad, that we, the FBI, this FBI, has dedicated agents to working on his team, to working closely with Mr. Durham and his team to help them uh, pursue this investigation. And I'm proud of the work our agents are doing to help Mr. Durham. Think it's soon? Uh, again, I just got to <laughs> let, him, let him speak for himself. As we dismount here, final word about the FBI men and women who work here that often get overlooked in the controversy of politics. Uh, there's a lot of them that work every day uh, trying to protect the U.S. We have 38,000 men and women at the FBI, not one of whom, not one of whom is a political appointee. Every single one of them is career law enforcement. And I can tell you, Brad, having been to all 56 of our field offices all over the country twice, each one of them, having been to every headquarters division, having been to a whole slew of our overseas offices, having talked to our state and local partners from all 50 states, business leaders, prosecutors, judges, victims and their families, community leaders, what I see is an FBI full of people who are tackling the work with, with bravery, with rigor, with objectivity, and who put others, complete strangers, before themselves every single day. And I will stack our workforce up against anyone, anywhere, anytime. Director Ray, we really appreciate the time. Thank you. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts and Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. This is Jimmy Fallon, inviting you to join me for Fox Across America, where we'll discuss every single one of the Democrats' dumb ideas. Just kidding. It's only a three-hour show. Listen live at noon Eastern or get the podcast at foxacrossamerica.com.